Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our Great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churnin' Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip through the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or in Brupolo over there in Tupelo. And, of course, if you don't live in any of those places, of course, you know, it would be weird if Brupolo was in, you know, New Albany. I wouldn't want it to be in New Albany anyway. That's where Ben Garrett lives. He doesn't deserve the finer things in life, in my opinion. But wherever you are in our great state or our great country, you can just get Strange Brew Coffee delivered right to your door. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order online, and they'll ship whatever kind of coffee machine you've got sitting on the counter. They've got a coffee to send you, including the super popular, super popular, super popular K-Cups. They are all over the place. Check them out at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's the biggest and best selection of Mississippi State merchandise in central Mississippi. Period. Whatever you're looking for, maroon and white, they've got it at College Corner. When you're looking for something new to wear this uh, baseball season, getting into the spring, time to switch up things, College Corner is the place to go. Two locations to serve you. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco is Startville's newest and me- best Mexican restaurant and Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Today is Taco Tuesday. But every day is kind of Taco Tuesday at Humble Taco because they've got some of the best tacos you've ever had and some of the most unique and delicious tacos you've ever had. So if you're looking for something different, but maybe a little bit familiar, check out Humble Taco next time you are in Starkville. Want to make a great decision for lunch? That decision should be Firehouse Subs. Whenever you're looking for something easy and something delicious, Firehouse Subs is always a great choice. Download the Firehouse Subs app and start piling up the reward points Today, locations to serve you in Columbus, Starkville. I don't know why I keep doing Columbus first. I, I don't know why. Starkville should be first. Starkville, Columbus, Tupelo, Oxford, Floyd, and Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. Robbie Falk, we'll get to do something we haven't done in a few weeks today. Very excited. Talk a little. Well, I'm going to do something I didn't do yesterday, and that's not hey. allowing my mic. Oh, shut up. I, I, I had two showers a day. Thank you very much. Two? Yes. All right. Um. <clears throat> I'm very particular about my hygiene. That's okay. Um, Good. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to allow my microphone to scrape my shirt. Good call. So somebody actually tweeted at me. I don't know if you saw it or not, but they were like, were you stacking poker chips? And I was like, it wasn't me. And I asked him the exact same question. That's what it sounded like. It sounded like we were at the World Series of Poker yesterday. <laughs> I, I yeah. was not aware because I, I cannot hear in my earbuds. I cannot yeah. hear myself. And you told me after the show, I mean, that should have been something that was discussed before the show happened when we were having casual conversation. Well, I didn't hear it in casual conversation. It was only like halfway through the show. I was like, what am I hearing? And it, it, you know what? It, it was like the zipper on my pullover. Things it was happened. scratching. And, uh, just, you know, inside baseball here, we do Zoom sometimes. Yes. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, so there, there's times where I have my headphones in and I've, I've done it on YouTube too before and not realized that the microphone on these iPhone headphones, like it'll touch your shirt and it just messes up everything. So today I'm going to do better. Very good. That's all we can ask. Constant improvement. I'm not worried about it, though. I know, I know you're a big game player, so I'm not too worried about it. We'll talk baseball in the second half of the show. We'll go over some of the polls, uh, talk about today's game, which is a 11 a.m. first pitch in case you've missed that information. Uh, Jackson Fristo on the mound for the Bulldogs, according to Chris Lamonis, who told us that on today on Sports Talk Mississippi. But we'll start with football because spring practice, uh, just about a, like a month and a few days away from really getting cranked up. And it's time to start talking about some positional breakdowns, which I know we love. And we always like to start with the quarterbacks. And here we are, the man who basically owns the MSU single-season passing record book. What, what, what record does he not have? He's got completions. He's got attempts. He's got yardage. He's got completion percentage. And he's got touchdowns. So everything that's good is there. Passing. And yet, there are those who, who could not, cannot wait to see Will Rogers supplanted. I guess my first question is this. What if, if you're Mike Leach and you're talking to Will Rogers, we need to work on this this year. What is it? Elusiveness. Okay. Maybe his, his pocket presence. Pocket awareness would be pocket awareness awareness is really kind of the deal. Um, <clears throat> Mike Leach even mentioned it, I think, a little bit in post-game press conferences and even in the middle of the season. He wanted him to tuck it and run every now and then. You know, if, if he sees some open space and there's nobody open, take off. Go get the first down. He got 15 yards ahead of you with nobody there. That, the defense knows he's not going to do that. So I, I think that he wants to see him every now and then pull it and run. Um, and also, you, you want to see that awareness. If you, still, if you feel somebody's bearing down on you, chunk that thing out of bounds. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of times he just kind of eats it and falls down. Mm-hmm. Pocket awareness is probably the answer. <clears throat> I don't know how much more he's going to increase his arm strength. That's what everybody wants him to do. But to me, a Mike Leach quarterback, the number one quality is a guy that's really good decision-maker but accuracy. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Will Rogers has shown to be really precise with. And that there's, you know, there, there's a lot of passes that – uh, downfield were not completed. He missed a guy or two, but for the most part, extremely accurate. The most accurate season of any quarterback in Mississippi State history. So I think a lot of things that, that Will Rogers did this past year, a lot of quarterbacks wouldn't do at Mississippi State. You, you can say it's a product of the offense or whatever, but I think that there's a lot to be said of what he did and decision-making that he made for most of the year and the, the completion percentage and all that. I think that was a big deal. Um, but there's obvious things that you can improve upon. So, uh, and I think really the, the biggest thing is if you see an opening and you don't have anybody open uh, to throw it to, take off and run and get the first down. That's easy yardage. You hit on something. I, I don't think that Mike Leach would sacrifice two points of completion percentage for two more yards per carry. I think Rodgers was like right at 11 yards per carry and right at, I think, 73% completion. If you told Mike Leach you can get 71% completion but 13 yards per catch, I don't think he would go for that. I think he wants, he wants to be as accurate as possible and, and, and do that. I think what Mississippi State needs to find a way to do with, with, with Will Rogers, because you're right, 
arm strength is not something you can coach, right? It's, it's just you either have it or you don't. I think Rogers' arm is strong enough to make most of the throws. Can he fling it 50 yards on a dime down the field? No. But those guys, they're kind of rare, you know? They all play in the NFL. I don't, I don't know if Will Rogers is an NFL quarterback or not, but he's a darn good college quarterback. He doesn't turn the ball over. His touchdown interception last year was 4-1. to one. You'll take that every single time. Um, the offense showed the ability to be really, really good at times. Against you know, Kentucky and Auburn were pretty good defensive teams last year, and State kind of had their way with them. Um, once they cleaned up the turnovers that sort of plagued them the first four weeks of the season, and they had turnovers against La Tech, they had turnovers against Memphis, they had turnovers against LSU, and those in those last two games, those turnovers more or less cost them the game. They, everything you know, kind of, of worked. The Ole Miss game and the, the, the bowl game notwithstanding. And obviously, that's the, that's, it's tough to view MSU football. It's tough to view Mike Leach. It's tough to view Will Rogers without doing it through the prism of the Egg Bowl and the bowl game. It, it taints everything. Going into the Egg let's remember the week before the Egg Bowl, how Mississippi State fans <laughs> were, were all over social media talking about how Will Rogers was going to take the Connerly from out underneath Matt Corral's feet. State was favored in the game. State was going to win and knock Ole Miss out of the Sugar Bowl, and maybe they were going to sneak into the Sugar This was what we were talking about. They wanted, they wanted uh, Corral to be supplanted from Heisman status. They wanted uh, Will Rogers to get right. that spot. And then, you know, he loses the game in a game where he threw three touchdown passes in one possession that were all dropped. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know... In the rain. In the rain. Offensively, the game plan was not good. And then you have the bowl game where everything just sort of falls apart. So at 7-4, and four, Will Rogers, everybody is on board and like, okay, we're moving forward with this guy. 7-6, and six, Will Rogers. When can we get to Sawyer Robertson? Well, Sawyer Robertson, is, it, this is sort of his, his moment, right? Because I feel like if he doesn't make serious strides towards, I don't even know what it is. Like, is it, is it a stride towards this, this battle goes into the fall? I don't think there's a scenario where Sawyer Robertson wins the starting job in the spring. No. But has it become where, look, he played so well in the spring, we need to reevaluate things come fall. Is that what Sawyer Robertson's trying to do this spring? Yeah, you need to make up a lot of ground here in the spring. Get to where you are looking almost equal to Will Rogers and, you know, the spring game, spring practices, and then you get the fall and you try to get over the hump and you make a really big push. If it's clear that Will Rogers is the better quarterback at, after the spring, I, I don't see a path for Sawyer Robertson next season. I just – I think you've got to make up that ground in spring practices. And um, I, I've heard nothing that suggests – and I, we still have a spring to, to go through here, but – I've heard nothing that suggests that there's any kind of inkling there's going to be any kind of quarterback battle or anything like that. I I just think it's going to be really difficult to beat Will Rogers out at this point. Year three in the system, he played for the majority of his of his true freshman year. He was starter all of last year, played almost every single snap all season long. Uh, you know, a lot of people are going to say that it's Mike Leach show, showing – seniority or whatever but at the end of the day I just think that they're going to value the fact that Will Rogers has had this many reps in the uh in the air raid offense and it's just going to be really difficult for a guy that 
that hasn't played SEC football to this point to to knock him off. It's possible, but I just don't see it. I would go a step further than you pretty in my opinion. I would say that if Sawyer Robertson doesn't feel like he can go to the fall and have a chance to win the job, that might be that. I think that might be that. Because he's talented and he wants to go somewhere where he can play. And if he feels like Will Rogers has locked things up after the end of the spring, he might look to go ahead and and, and further his career elsewhere. In which case you go into the season with with Daniel Greek and and uh, Braden Locke. And yeah, that's just sort of where you are. And this is the nature of college football now. Nobody's sitting around and saying, I'm willing to wait my turn, especially these high four-star, five-star guys. They're, they're, they're going to get on the first train out because they know that there's going to be a market for their services. And, you know, with NIL, you know, you, nobody's paying the backups anything, I don't think. So I, I will be very – I will mo- we will have to monitor that situation. I think one way or the did other – Did you say nobody's paying the backups anything? Nobody's paying them any – Have any you ever met John Rice Plumley? Yeah, you got me. You got me. Wide receiver two. <laughs> WR2. RF2 in baseball. The piano man. Have you heard piano him play man drops? One. Have you ever heard one. him play drops of Jupiter? I have. I have. Brings a tear, bring a tear to a glass eye. <laughs> um, I think one way or the other, state's dropping a quarterback here. Either we have a tight quarterback competition and Robertson saves, but Greek leaves, or the other way around. I, I don't see all three of these young quarterbacks, Robertson, Greek, and Locke, all being here in the start of fall camp. Am I wrong to think that? No. I think you're, I think you're right. I think that's – I mean, that's been kind of the scenario that I've had planned out for, the, for Mississippi State long term. In the nature of football these days and sports, I mean, yeah. you're not going to keep a quarterback room together for more than two years. And they, they might be able to keep this group together this year but at the end of this year, I, I don't see any way that these these same three guys are still here. And I, I can't predict who it is because I don't think that decision has been made by anybody right. yet. But right. the, you can expect that group to stay together. I, I think two of them will. I think I think there will be two remaining. But I think one of those one of those guys is not going to be here. This is how it's going to work going forward. Next year, let's say that, you know, whatever the situation is, it's – Possible that another guy is going to leave, whoever's left. And then you'll have one guy plus Rodgers and then whoever they sign this year, Mac Howard or whoever that's going to be. <clears throat> this is the nature of college football now. This is the cycle. The idea that you're going to sign a guy and he's going to stay there, but, you know, the days of a Matt Wyatt or a Wayne Mack and just, you know, Kevin Fant just sitting there and biding their time to become the starter, those days are over. And they, they just don't exist anymore. Now, you know, it's going to be a very rare, rare, rare situation that would allow it to happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm saying it's going to be very, very unlikely. I think that this this spring, Will Rogers is going to cement himself as the starter. Uh, no questions asked. Robertson will probably look to move on, and you just sort of go from there. And then it becomes about, you know, what Rogers can do next year. We have to talk about the offensive line in the coming weeks, trying to replace two tackles. Well, we'll talk about the receiving group and how it, it looks like it's going to be the best Mississippi State's ever had. But it all starts with Will Rogers, you know, as the trigger man there. How much better can he be? Right now, if I made you vote, is Will Rogers – I don't think he's your first-team guy because the returning the you know, returning Heisman Trophy winner is back. But is Will Rogers your second-team All-SEC quarterback? 
Uh, on production, he should be, but I doubt he's going to be voted. I don't know. I'm just asking about for you, just for you. For me? Yeah. I mean, I think so. I mean, from a production standpoint, nobody had more uh, no yards more than him in this yeah. in this league. Yeah. Uh, and I and again, I realize that this <laughs> is an offense that produces that, but you still got to go. You still got to go out there and complete the passes. Yeah. And he broke every, almost every single passing record in Mississippi State history in a single season. Yeah. What is it we say? You know, just because this is how the offense is designed up, it's not a law that the the passes have to be complete. Right. You, right. you do have to throw them accurately. He's going to be going up against um, the the guy from Tennessee. He's going to be going up against yeah. He's going to be going up against KJ Jefferson. Yeah. He's going to be going up against uh, Kentucky's QB Will Levis. So um, yeah, and then you know there's going to be some some love for Spencer Rattler. There's just no getting yes. around that. There'll be some yes. love for Jackson Dart. No getting around that. Um, and then but you know, neither neither of those two guys should if if people vote for them for those spots, I don't think that's really fair. I think you and I both know both of those guys will get at least one first or second team All SEC vote. Yes, because South Carolina I think got like a, a, a SEC East champion vote or something. Yeah. Ole Miss I think got somebody one. will Homer vote it for sure. Yes, um, that, that's why I always talk about they need to do a background check on every single person that votes, which we shouldn't just give um, every media member an opportunity to vote in the all SEC thing. It's just, it's it really kind of taints the entire process. There really should be a process where like, if you vote for the team, if, if, if 90% of the votes are for one team to go be in last place and you vote them to win the SEC, there should be a, why did you vote this? Yes. Please explain, explain your thought why. process there. So. And if it's, if it's stupid, then, <laughs> It doesn't count. Your vote's out. I, I agree with you, though. I think Rodgers, in my opinion, Rodgers should be the the, the, the second-team All-SEC quarterback. He's probably going to throw for 5,000 yards this year. He's going to, if he plays 13 games, which I think he will, he's going to push. Just assuming, it just, just needs to be like an incremental uh, kind of uh, improvement, right? 13 games, 40 more yards a game, 520 more yards is – we're sitting on 5,300 yards. I mean, you're throwing for more yards per game at that point than Joe Burrow did uh, in his senior in his senior year where he won the Heisman Trophy because he played 15 games that year. So, I mean, yeah, I think he should be the SEC's, you know. Right now, if you said do predictions for him, I, mean, I think he's over 5,000. He's probably around 40 touchdowns and around 10 to 12 interceptions total. What Robbie said a minute ago, what you said is, is makes a you know you'd like to see his, his rushing numbers. Again, it doesn't have. He, I, I don't expect him at the end of the season to have three or four hundred yards rushing, but you've got to find two or three plays a game where you just escape the pocket and you turn a loss into a short game, or like you said, you turn a loss into an incomplete pass. Those have got to start happening for Will Rogers this year, and I agree that's something that Leach definitely wants to, to work on with him uh, this offseason. But this is Will Rogers' team, in my opinion. I think he's QB one. It would be beyond surprising to me, and, and and that's a that's a flip for me. Think about a year ago. I, I what was I saying? I said, man, if Sawyer Robertson were here in the spring, I think he might could take this job and run with it. Now I don't I don't see a path for that. I see Will Rogers as the quarterback for the next two seasons for Mississippi State football. I, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, I just I think it's going to be really difficult. This guy understands the offense. So we can we can get upset about lack of arm strength and lack of mobility and all that, but 
at the end of the day that they're going to value Mike Leach is going to value those reps and uh, what in the leadership ability too. I mean, the players really rally around Will Rogers and listen to him. I mean, I, I just, I think it's going to be tough. You're going to have to be really, really good and you're going to force, you have to force Mike Leach's hand. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's talk some baseball. Let's move on into that. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef is what's for dinner. When you're looking for a delicious dinner for your family, beef is the way to go. Whatever recipe you want to put together, whatever you're thinking, whatever kind of style of food you want to eat, there's always a great recipe that involves beef. Go to the grocery store, pick up some burger meat, pick up some steaks, pick it up, pick up some some, some brisket to throw on the smoker, whatever it is, and enjoy a delicious beef dinner. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thank you to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. My number one. My number one recommendation when you come to Starkville. Doesn't matter what you like to eat. Because it's not just barbecue. So many people, you hear people say it all the time. You know, oh, we're going to Two Brothers Barbecue. No, you're not. You're going to Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Barbecue is just part of the menu there. It's a, it's a big part, but it is just part. So whatever kind of uh, eaters you've got, chances are, you can find. Look, my, my oldest daughter, one of the pickiest eaters in the world. What's one of her favorite things to eat in this town? Two Brothers Smoked Wings. Loves them. Can't get enough of them. They're great, and it makes me happy to see her happy. So I, And, of course, it makes me happy to go to Two Brothers. That's why I'm a frequent customer there. So next time you're up here in Starville, head over to the heart of the Cotton District to enjoy some smoked southern soul food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Is it getting any simpler than this? Does it get any simpler than what Advantage Business Systems wants to give you? Great products and great service. And not just great products, because everybody offers that. A complete selection of everything your business is looking for. Copiers and printers, computers, software, information and mailing systems. And not just great service, because everybody offers that too. But let's talk about a 601 number to call and a real person on the other line. And let's get that fixed now, not a week from today. That's the kind of service they're offering you at Advantage Business Systems. The kind of service you'd expect doing business with your next door neighbor. That number is 601-362-9192. Or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Seventh in D1 Baseball, eighth in Baseball America. That's where you'll find Mississippi State. Not a huge drop, and nor should it have been. You saw, uh, I didn't see what they were in Baseball America, but in D1, Long Beach jumps up to 12th uh, nationally. No panic here, Robbie. I thought that's a fair drop. Nothing to be concerned about. And uh, my guess is at the end of this weekend, they'll probably move up a spot or two because I think that I think this is going to be an undefeated week for the Bulldogs. Should be. It's, uh, you know, I really believe that um, you should come out in these next four games and really impose your will. <laughs> um, you know, you, Arkansas Pine Bluff coming up. Who, who's the other one? Eastern Kentucky. I, I mean, it's not you, Eastern, you really, it's Northern, isn't it? Northern Kentucky. Oh, my gosh. Right. Yeah. Um, I, to Stadia ever played them? I have to look not that, that I believe. I mean, th- this is this is a you know that this is the schedule that that we used to see Mississippi State to build like a eighteen and two start to the year or whatever. Yeah. That these were the these were the games that Mississippi State used to play. Um, so th- it's a nice step away from playing a top twenty five team for a week. Get your confidence. Get some guys in, <clears throat> um, and, and just get get some reps because. Right now, there's a lot of guys that you want to have at bats and and um, and pitch. Doing a little math here. Give me one second. So, first off, would you like to <coughs> excuse me? Would you like to guess what the mascot is for Northern Kentucky? 
Northern Kentucky. Is it some kind of hunting dog? No, it is not. Now, what is it? They're the Norse. The Norse? The Norse. Okay. So it's kind of like Vikings, but they went all the way to the roots of it. I mean, how many Vikings are there in, in Northern Kentucky all lots time? Of, lot, lots of Scandinavian people up there. Is it? They all time. So they played East Tennessee State this past weekend. They're 0-3 after their first three games. And they were outscored 38 to 14 in those oh. games against Eastern Kentucky, Eastern to East Tennessee State. So if State lose, drop, you know, last week, drop a couple games, no issues. Drop a game this weekend, and I'm going to tell you that you're not going to host. The only thing that can come out of this weekend is bad. Well, there can be some good. There can be, you know, they, they get a lot of pitchers, a lot of innings, and, and then, you know, they, 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 you know, everything, everything looks good. But I mean, this is a, I'll be honest with you. I, I, you hate to predict this. However many innings Landon Sims pitches should be no-hit innings. Yes. I mean, this is, they should not be able to touch Landon Sims. And you just sort of go from there. And then, you know, playing Arkansas Pine Bluff. Again, that game is today at 11 a.m. There's a window there they're trying to get through. It's supposed to rain all day here in Starkville, but that's that early, late morning, early afternoon window they've got. Uh, Jackson Fristo to start the game for Mississippi State. You expect to see the true freshman Pico Cone. Uh, one of the few left-handers on this game. So State would really like for him to come out and look effective just so they can have another left-handed arm uh, because we haven't seen Walling yet. Cam Tuller wasn't particularly impressive on, on Saturday. State would like to see that. Um, and then I would expect to see a few other guys as well, maybe five or six pitchers total, maybe even seven uh, in this game, depending on how it goes. Arkansas Pine Bluff, as you might guess, is a mid-tier to lower-tier SWAC team. Uh, so that you, you don't expect too much uh, from your opponent here. So this is a bit. State needs to be four and zero this week. These games are not going to be good for your RPI. If you lose them, it's going to be really tough. With three losses already in the non-conference, to talk about hosting. And I know that sounds weird to say one week into the season, but it's the truth. I remember I was listening uh, to. Head to head, actually, before it was your Never show, heard whatever. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I was listening to that show way back in the day when State lost to Oral Roberts in uh, Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Another directional Kentucky team. Mm-hmm. And it was right before that Eastern Kentucky game. I remember Matt Wyatt saying, well, that was a bad loss, but, you know, that they'll get back on track tonight. They have, they have a chance to get back on track. They did not get back on track. And after that game, the internet was a buzz. Mm-hmm. Uh, a flame would probably be uh, a more uh, accurate depiction mm-hmm. of what was going on. And State came back and won the SEC. So technically, you know, if, if I wanted to be Mr. Sunshine Pumper and go ahead and preface this, if State loses, they can still get it done mm-hmm. if they lose this week. But they don't need to do that. Right. Just, just go ahead and win these games. And I think, you know, Tuesday night's a good opportunity. Let Jackson Fristo pitch like three innings, two or three innings, maybe even, you know, an inning in, in two thirds or two innings, not throw that many pitches and possibly come back this weekend and start or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he could easily come back on the weekend and you can put him into the rotation if you're wanting to go that direction. But Tuesday night's an opportunity to, to get a lot of guys in there. And a lot of those midweek games last year, and it seems to be kind of a Scott Foxhall thing, I think, 
is, you know, one inning stints. Yeah. Maybe two inning stints. The guy starts for like two innings, and then you just start rolling guys in there. Uh, you know, I, you mentioned uh, that Lamonis mentioned that they were going to pitch Pico Khan. Uh, so, you know, Pico is going to get some some innings or one or two innings probably. Then you can get other guys in there. You know, Jack Walker didn't have a great first uh, stint mm-hmm. the other day. Let him get in there, get some confidence. Let Andrew Walling pitch an inning. Parker Stinnett, let him get some confidence back up. Uh, Mikey Tepper, guys like that. This is a good opportunity for them to log some innings and, and face some live pitching or live hitting. I agree. Talking about that 2016 team. So, they lost – that was the uh, the Oral Roberts game was their fifth non-conference loss of the season at that point, and they had not entered conference play. They had lost two to Florida Atlantic. They were they started out 0-2. Dakota uh, Hudson started that first game, and they got beat. I believe that's correct, yeah. Uh, then they lost uh, to UCLA out in that tournament out in Los Angeles, came back and beat USC, and then tied Oklahoma. People yes, that was at Dodgers that, – that game was at Dodger Stadium. Yes. And they had a they had a curfew on that game, so yes. they, had to, yes. they had to cut it early. Which they so came silly. back that weekend and swept Oregon, and that was a big deal. Oregon was, I think, highly ranked. They ended up not being as good as we thought, but mm-hmm. to get that sweep was impressive. Then they lose to Eastern Kentucky and Oral Roberts. The difference is they didn't lose another non conference game the rest of the year. So they lost five. They had five non conference losses on March sixteenth. They didn't lose another non conference the rest of the way. That's sort of where you would be. You're running out. You only have five, maybe six non-conference games you can lose if you want to be a national seed. It just it's just that that simple. And of course, they you know they what a what a weird. This is how baseball goes, right? So they lose to to Eastern Kentucky that ridiculous 12, 16 to twelve game. They lose to Oral Roberts. Their first SEC series was at Vanderbilt, and they yeah. go up there and take two out of three. And and that is the weekend that Jake Mangum first really emerged. Yeah, yeah. that's when we first started to say ah, this kid's different. Yeah, uh, Cole Gordon. Cole Gordon had the big hit in the yes. in that game. Yes, um, Noah Hughes. That 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 freshman group really had a big weekend. This is before everybody starts weekend. going down to Tommy John. Yeah, yeah. Noah Hughes had had a big uh, performance then, but you know they they beat Florida. On the road in a series, Florida. They beat Vanderbilt they get by A and M, and everybody thinks it's over. And then yep. from there, they 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 didn't lose another series. And of course, what made that series that year remarkable is they finished the year on a four, five, eight, ten game winning streak or eleven game winning yeah. streak. So it, yeah, it could have been it could have been more because they they didn't win one of those games at Alabama. Right, and that and that was that's what's crazy is the way that that set up at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You played the like the worst teams in the SEC. Played Alabama, Missouri, and Auburn, and Ar- and that was the year Arkansas was. And really Arkansas bad. was last in the SEC. If you don't play that schedule, you don't win the SEC. Yeah, it's crazy. They had they had to go on that stretch where they where they swept three straight series. You're not wrong. To win it because they had to have Ole Miss beat Texas A and M to yep. win the entire conference that on that final day. Never will forget that. So that's you what know, we're saying. You know, you know what I remember most about that Oregon series. Hmm. When I made my wife bring me my snuff. <laughs> I remember playing Sunday, 10 a.m. Yeah. Something like that. Like people so were I made, to my wife, my wife got out of church. I'm already at the game. And I, mother, if you're listening, I don't dip anymore. But this was during my younger days when I was a hellion. Um, so I'm just I got the shakes. My hands are shaking. 
And Ben Waite was sitting next to me. He didn't have any dip. I had to have my dip. So I waited for two hours for my wife to get out of church. She comes up there, gives me my dip, gives me a stern look um, at, at the entrance of Duty Noble. And I said, thank you. I love you. And she went on her way. But that, that's my most memorable moment from the Oregon series. As if anybody really cared. You know what? Why not? So, all right. Uh, tomorrow's show is the rumblings. You know what to do. Send in the questions. We'll be happy to answer them. Then we'll have a lot more baseball talk uh, as well. And, uh, yeah, we'll just keep going from there. So, for Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Hayden. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning. All in Super Talk. Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.